figure for you? I'm doing good. You know, just a super fun, busy day of going to class and awaiting this wonderful interview that we're about to do. I know. And coming off Illustrated Narrative, that must be a lot of fun because that class is a lot of fun. Absolutely. Well, and Sandy is just a a blessing just to Mm -hmm. have as a professor. So today uh, we are going to be talking about comics, what's going on in the comic book world. And I couldn't think of anybody better to talk about that with than my main man, Quaid, here, who, when we first met, was actually probably the best the best meeting on UCA's campus, only because you mm-hmm. were the first person to recognize the the lantern symbols on my arm without an explanation. That's true. And I was subtweeting him about it, not knowing that he had a Twitter. And then whenever I found his Twitter, he was all, I had to show it to him and he was all, oh, that's so cool. And <laughs> yeah. So uh, Quaid, for those who don't know who you are that are going to tune in to listen to this, why don't you give them a little explanation of who you are? All right. So I'm Quaid. Basically, I really enjoy comic books, um, particularly superhero books, although I've been reading more and more um, independent stuff and stuff that's not necessarily what we in the industry call cape stuff. Um Also, I was born 12 weeks early. I was born on July 10th, and my supposed-to-be due date was actually today, uh, October 1st. That's 12 weeks. I have cerebral palsy. Um, I limp. I use a dragon cane whenever I need to because it makes me feel like a badass. And there are some days I do a lot of walking, and it helps. And so, really, um, I just care so deeply about both of these things that I try to find whatever intersections I can between them. And bringing more disability representation in the comics whenever I write them. And that's what I want to do, write comics and give disabled kids their heroes too. Well, and that's something that's super admirable because, you know, especially in this day and age, there's not enough representation for, for everything that is out there. You know, it's not just the, the cisgendered white male saving the damsel in distress anymore. You know, you got to have everyone on that same playing field of being out there and being represented. So I think that that's something that's really great that you're wanting to do that. So uh, kind of going back into comics and everything, who who got you interested in that to begin with? Okay, comic books. We'll see. All right, I think that my first comic book was probably a reprint when I was pretty young, maybe six, seven, eight of the first issue of the Fantastic Four. And all I can remember is like flipping through it and being way more interested in the ads for the toys than the actual story. Oh, of course. Um, and then a little bit later, I'll probably, let's see, I was, so I'd have been 16-ish, or maybe a little bit younger, cause I, I don't know. I've been reading current comics since 2014, so four years, but I don't know whenever I got my first trade because My family had to take a trip up to Little Rock and we stopped in the Barnes & Noble there and I decided to pick up um, the Deathstroke solo that was going on for the New 52 because, you know, the Teen Titans cartoon kind of led me to him and I just thought he was cool. And so that was kind of like my first comic book for me actually reading comics is kind of like something that I wanted to do and get into. And then later on, I discovered a few favorite characters, particularly Lobo, Um, Started collecting all his stuff that I could find, Um, something that I'm still to this day doing, just whenever I can find it, I'll pick it up because comic cons are great to get cheap old comics because no one cares and they're all like a dollar and it's it's great. Um, And then I can remember basically what 
got me into reading comic books like as a go every week and pick this up was this series called Future's End, which was still part of DC's New 52. And the big deal with it was it was a weekly series. Like it was coming out every week. And that was, I mean, that's pretty astonishing because now it, Nowadays, you have books that are monthly, so they'll come out once a month or bi-monthly, so they'll come out twice a month. And then there are some discrepancies, like the current Doomsday Clock was supposed to be monthly, but um, Gary Frank, the artist, doesn't really have enough time to draw each issue because it's nine panels because of the Watchmen thing. And so they pushed it back, and now it's every two months and stuff like that. And, you know, there are deadlines that don't get met and things have to get pushed back. But Future's End is kind of where I got into... Um, and buying comics and that was about whenever Lobo got his redesign in the new 52 and I can remember going to Hastings which makes me feel really old now because it's out of business um and buying his solo stuff for that until that wrapped up um after the new 52 ended which was in 2016 with the launch of Rebirth um and then when Rebirth hit I actually like it started out with a special and I picked that up and then I for, didn't really forget, but I didn't really get a chance to get by um, one of the comic stores we have here to get the titles that I was interested in. So I was actually in Canada with my family um, and we were at a comic book store because I wanted to go to a comic book store in Canada because it just sounded like a cool idea. So we were in Toronto. It's called The Silver Snail. And to this day, I'm sorry, Brian, if you re if you listen to this, but it's my favorite comic store ever because it's just so cool. And that's whenever I got a lot of the Rebirth stuff and I settled in and I was like, okay, now I'm going to have to go every week and get these titles that I want to keep up with now. And I'm actually making a t an attempt to follow this relaunch for what it is rather than just some of my favorite characters and their appearances. So I was reading both of the Green Lantern books. I was reading The Flash, stuff like that, instead of just picking out what my favorite characters appeared in. Right. Well, yeah. your origin story is way cooler than mine because I'm pretty sure I just picked up a comic and started reading it, and it's been on and off ever since. But I, I agree the one that stuck out to me was, as we shared the the love for Green Lantern, Uh for me, Blackest Night, I, I think I own just about every copy of it just because I loved the arc in it and I loved mm -hmm. having all of the different uh, kind of sub-lantern lieutenants that were all, you know, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. It, it was that... that Mara uh, and Barry and oh, yeah. Ray and all of them. Oh, uh, Jonathan Crane and Lex Luthor. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Everybody getting deputized by the emotional core and that's what's really interesting is that's whenever they came into play right like, i mean ethan vanskyver created the symbols for them and did the art for them and then jeff johns created basically the other six um because i'm pretty sure the star sapphires were around probably but like you had the star sapphires which are pink and then the green lanterns and then the yellow lanterns and then jeff johns was like hey wait what if we did a rainbow and so that's what blackest night is which is really cool I'm not actually the biggest Green Lantern fan. That's my brother. He's the one that's really like into Green Lanterns and like everything that's on my trade shelf that's Green Lantern pretty much he owns. But I will say that um, the current Green Lanterns book that's going on right now that Sam Humphrey started writing on and then Tim Seeley took over whenever he had to, whenever Sam had to leave to start Nightwing and then Tim Seeley's left and, um, Dan Jurgens is seeing it out, which is the man that killed Superman. 
Um, that's that's probably one of my favorite books out right now. Just for the sheer, it's it's it was very well written and it continues to be re- well written. And what's really cool is it's these two new rookie Green Lanterns, and one of them's a Muslim American who was um, in Guantanamo Bay, and the Green Lantern ring came to him, and that's why he's alive basically because they probably would have killed him. And the other one is a his name is Simon Baz, and the other is a um, is a Latina, and her name is Jessica Cruz, and she had anxiety so bad she didn't leave her house for three years. Wow! And like that means that that's just really cool because that's what I care about. Yes, but then um, whenever I started at UCA, um, so the fall of 2016, I was doing my classwork and trying to make the adjustment between high school and college because it's not the easiest thing that everyone's had to do. Not everyone makes the adjustment super well. I did fine. I got out with like a 3.8, you know, had one B. It was fine. But over Halloween, so around two years ago, give or take a few weeks, I decided that I was going to read The Walking Dead. And it messed me up. Like I was like, I I got the first compendium at the library that we are currently at right now. It's 48 issues. Um, It was a week or two before Halloween. And um, I was really enjoying it. Like it's really well written, but just the, just everything. I don't do well with horror stuff anyway, but I was like, I'm going to give this a shot because it's The Walking Dead. Like it's this huge pop culture thing. I'm thinking about watching the show one day, but I feel like I should read the comic first because that's what I do. I read comics. And so I ended up actually finishing issue 48, the, the last issue of that particular compendium. I think that I saw one last week and they're on like 163 or something. Yeah. Like it's no, just some so massive number that I never would have been able to get caught up on anyway. But, you know, I was going to give it a futile attempt. So I finish it up and it's actually Halloween. And towards the end of that compendium, everyone has started dying more and more and more and it reads really fast because bad things keep happening and that's how books read when especially comic books um because you can see it and especially this one because it was in black and white like it's all in black and white and so it's all it can be a lot more visceral and get away with a lot more things mm-hmm. couple that with image and they can do anything that they want because it's all creator owned and they don't have to follow the same rules that marvel and dc do so if they want to swear if they if they want their characters to have sex, I mean, it's anything goes. They, those are their characters. They don't follow the same guidelines as, like, superhero stuff does. And I just really, like, I had a couple nightmares while I was reading, but still I persisted. And then I finished up, and it just gave me really bad anxiety. And so to wrap this all back around to the Green Lanterns and why I like that book so much, um, I don't think... Okay, I think that they were probably around issue 9 because I remember... Flash issue nine helps me through this too, but I can remember a couple days after, like November 1st or 2nd or 3rd, I took the first seven issues of Green Lanterns, which is the title of the book, because there are two of them. It's not just Green Lantern. And I just spread them out on my bed and I knew that I had the help that I needed because, I mean, here was a character that was dealing with the same stuff I was, right? Like, she was anxious to the point of it being completely debilitating, and she got a Green Lantern ring. Right, You yeah. know, like, that's a big deal, because that's all willpower and stuff. So, that's, that, it just, that really helped me, and I've, I've written stuff about that, and I can't thank Sam enough for writing her the way that he did in particular, because... 
I feel like we're close enough that I can DM him on Twitter anytime I'm having really bad anxiety and he'll talk me down from it. Right. Like Sam's just a really good friend. Um, he didn't ever follow me back, which is fine because I tweet way too much. <laughs> like, I don't know how Caleb still follows me because he doesn't follow that many people. But um, he did DM me for my address one day, and now I have a few signed issues, and that's just kind of cool. He was like, hey, what's your mailing address? I promise to use it only for good. And so now I have some comics that I should get some frames for yeah. and put them up, and that was really that's really cool. And actually, wrapping this all back around to Sam... Um, he's on Harley Quinn. He's on Harley Quinn right now, which has been pretty interesting because, like, I wasn't gonna read Harley Quinn. I don't mind her as much as a lot of other people do because I recognize her. I recognize that DC sees her as what she is. She's a cash magnet. She's popular now because of the Suicide Squad movie, and that's that's whatever. But whenever sure. the series started, I was, and you know, okay, that's when I can skip and save my money and get something else down the line. And then Sam announced that he was writing her. And I mean, I'll read anything that man writes. I mean, I, 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 I owe him that just in my head. And actually, um, it was issue 47 of Harley Quinn, which came out a month or two ago. Um, it featured Lobo in this cameo. And I was like, oh, man, that's so cool. And so I contacted this um, comics literary magazine. And I was like, hey, can I write about 47 for the next issue of this magazine? And they're like, yeah, go for it. And so now I have like a real byline and I'm an established writer because I wrote about my favorite character being written by one of my favorite comics writers ever, which is pretty cool. Well, so going back to Twitter, uh, because yes, I do still follow you because I enjoy all the tweets that come out and you keep me up to date on everything that is going on in the comic book world. Uh, you, you've made a bit of a name for yourself and a, a bit of a personality on Twitter. I mean, you were the f number one person, I think, that got my GoFundMe out there whenever I was trying to get help getting out to England and managed to get a known comic book uh, celebrity to share it on their page. Yeah. I don't know. I just... Okay, so... That writer is Gail Simone. She's probably the most prolific female writer in comic books. And she did, I can't even believe we haven't talked about this yet. But where my intersection lies within comics and disability is Barbara Gordon, also known as Bad Girl, also known as Oracle. And she's, she's like my paragon, I guess. I found her whenever I was 17 and I wrote this really crappy short piece thing about it because I wanted to. And then, um... I read these comics that Gail wrote and I was like, oh man, I want to rewrite this piece. And so I did. And I posted that on my Twitter on January 8th, 2017. So it's been a little over a year and it made her cry. Like she had previously followed me um, because she just follows fans back and she's really good about doing that. And she's interacted with me a few times, but like, Knowing that what I said about the character that means so much to me, like making the woman who helped make Oracle who she is tear up is just, that's wild. And every, every once in a while I have to like go back and make sure that tweet really happened because I don't, I don't know how that happened. I just wrote this thing and it gained a lot of attention and it, 
it continues to this day in various levels because I mean every time I see someone on Twitter that likes Barbara I'm like have you ever read this thing because it's made rounds I mean she's retweeted it and it stands at like 103 retweets or something right now and I just I ask them about it and they'll retweet it and then um after the Bad Girl movie was announced with Joss Whedon a year ago in like March 17, it got a lot more traction then because a lot of people were trepidatious about what he was going to do. But he's out, he's since been outed on the project. And um, so there's that. And she's, she's a total sweetheart. Like I cannot, I've never met her because she was actually at a con in Little Rock in 2013. The year before I got into comics. And oh, it's wow. like... One of my biggest regrets to this day is not just, I don't know. I mean, I, I can't do anything to change it, but, like, I know that whenever I meet her one day, like, it, it's just going to be wild. And so she does she does stuff like that. She's like, she's like, if you have a fundraiser or whatever, I'll retweet it. I'll boost it to my followers and whatever. And so Caleb started his GoFundMe for his trip to England. And I was like, oh, hey, Gail, Caleb's one of my... Caleb's one of my good friends and he's like raising money to go to England. You should, well, you retweet this. And she did. And I don't know, I don't know how much it netted you, but it probably made you feel good. No, and I it made, I mean, I can at least attest to one person that went on there that I had no idea who they were. I'd never met them before, but they went on, donated to it and said, hey, I studied abroad when I was in college. It was the best experience that I'd had. Uh, here you go. So, I mean, even just that one person and the fact that Gail went in and shared it and retweeted it kind of changed my outlook for the power that social media and especially Twitter has. And so uh, I know that's, I mean, another reason why it's awesome to follow you because it's just awesome to watch your fan base grow and to see these people kind of keep up with what you're saying and everything. There are people out there that seem to think that maybe I'll write Oracle books one day and... I mean, obviously, I certainly hope that I will, but I mean, we'll see. There's this, there's a long road ahead of me, but I've got tons and tons of professional support. The um, the former Batman editor Joseph Pieldich, who helped co-create Cassandra Kane, who worked for Lion Forge for a bit, and now he's over at Valiant Comics. He followed me back. He read the thing, and he's one of my closest friends. Like anytime I need advice about stuff like that, I'll talk to him and. Um, he asked me after he followed me, he's like, Hey, do you have a website? And I'm like, no. So he actually pushed me to actually maybe start treating myself like a real writer. And I started, um, my WordPress blog, my word, my WordPress blog for updates on the book I'm writing because I have plans to turn this measly four page essay into like a real book because I turned it in as a project in my intro class, intro to creative writing class, and um, my professor loved it so much. He's like, turn this into a book or series of essays. And I'm like, okay, sure. And so now it's like 28 something pages and I just work on it whenever I have time. And that's just, you know, it, it makes me feel good that maybe I have this backup plan thing. But there's a lot of people that seem to think that I'll write comics one day and add my voice into the mix. Um, writer Brian Edward Hill, who just came off a phenomenal five-issue run on Detective Comics, who has Killmonger coming out in December. Yes, that one. 
Um, he read my blog and he was like, definitely keep writing. You have the gift. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, you said that to me? Because I just have so much of the support and I, and I know that I can do this. But it's also, I mean, we all struggle as writers with self-doubt and thinking that I don't belong because there are days that I don't feel like I belong in comic books. I mean, for that matter, there are days whenever I don't really feel disabled enough to tell these stories because Barbara is a wheelchair user and I'm not. Like, how can I speak to that? But as a disabled person, I can still see it more through that lens than an able writer would, which is one of the bigger issues. Like the current bad girl arc, I won't go too much into detail, but... She was healed in 2011 with the start of the new the, the start of the new 52, and um, Gail Simone wrote the Batgirl book, and it was great for a while. And I didn't really care because I wasn't reading comics. But after I started in 2014, I vaguely remember seeing one of the issues, and I was like, "Oh, that's kind of cool. Whatever. Barbara's on her feet again. That's. I mean, I didn't have anything to do with it. I didn't really care about Batgirl. Um, and then later, you know. Basically, this whole Oracle thing started because I just changed my Twitter avatar to her, like, on a whim. Like, on, like, April 8th, I think, of 2016, I was like, oh, okay, Barbara's going to be my profile picture now. That's cool. And then this this relationship between the, the two of us grew. And I know that may be weird for some of you, but, like, I, I just owe so much to this character because she shaped what I want to do and she's opened my eyes to seeing the problems of the comics industry and seeing that I can help change stuff by giving the disability lens to it um and so you know I basically I closed out my original oracle piece that I wrote on of January in 2017 with oh um the DCU may need a bad girl, but the world at large needs an oracle. And a lot of people seem to think that I've become the oracle I say the world needs. And that's fine. That's their choice. And I can feel it in parts. But then there are always going to be the parts of me that are like, whatever, dude, you're a loser. You limp. Like, whatever. You know, so it's all just comes back together, but I know that I have to do this. This is what I want to do with my life. I want to write comic books, particularly those with disabled characters, although much like Christopher Priest, who is the black writer who is pretty much regarded as the legend on Black Panther, he said himself that I don't want to be the black writer who can only write black characters. I don't want to shoebox myself but I also see it as my duty to do so because so few other people are. Absolutely. Well, I can, for one, say that I count myself among the people that definitely will see your name on a shelf somewhere one day. However long it takes, however short it takes, I know that it's going to happen one way or another. And I do want to thank you again so much, Quaid, for coming and talking on the podcast today. It's been a pleasure as it always is when we chat about comics and i hope that the future treats you well and i can't wait to see the end goal thank you thank you